Hi, this is Mary Donnelly, and on this episode of Coffee and Conversation, I want to talk about identity. Identity, I believe, is the root behind a lot of other things that we might be struggling with. I know my audience here today, and I'm talking to women who know Jesus, who are born again and spirit-filled and know the truth of God's word, and yet we struggle in these areas of really want to figure out what is our purpose Why did he create us and how does he want to use the unique way that he created us in the bigger picture of his story and of the gospel and of reaching others and reflecting his image? And so since I know my audience, I know that we know that we can go to the word for the truth. We can look to the truth of the word that speaks to us about who we are and why we're here, that God himself created us in his image that he created us to glorify him, that he's redeemed us, that he's made us new creations, and that we're loved and we're made whole in him. We can go to the word and we can read that, that we're chosen, that we're his workmanship, that we've been adopted into his family. All of these different things that speak to us about our identity and about our value and our worth and our very purpose is to bring glory to him. And yet why, even as born-again, spirit-filled, believing women of God, do we still struggle in this area? I know that I do. I know that I have off and on at different times, depending on what's going on in my life. And it's kind of recently been brought back up where I thought I was actually living from this place of truth. I know who I am in Christ until it was challenged, if you will, by outward circumstances. And so I'll talk a little bit about that. And that is when when my mom had passed away, I had given up my job to become full-time caregiver. And I really didn't realize how much identity I actually got from the success of my job. And then when she passed away, it had put a great strain on our marriage. So that was in a difficult place just from the stress that we were both under. And then my youngest one was getting married and I was about to have an empty nest for the first time. So every part of who I thought I was was challenged, if you will. It seemed almost overnight because it happened in a very short time. When we talk about seasons of transition, it was like all these different seasons overlapped at one time. And I suddenly was facing all the feelings and emotions of that season of being a mother coming to an end. And I know I'll always be a mom, but you know what I mean? I felt the challenge of feeling the loved wife in the marriage just because of the stress and we had a lot of rebuilding to do. I felt the loss of being a daughter because now both of my parents were gone. And then I felt the loss of my ability to succeed to make money because my job was gone. So here I was with everything that I really thought made up who I was, was suddenly just either coming to an end or being uh, challenged or shifting. And on top of that, while my mother had been sick, I also had to let go of just about every area of ministry that I was involved in from leading a cohort to being a life group leader to being part of the church plant in Lawrence. And I suddenly sat there in that moment, wasn't a specific moment, but 
in that season. And I just thought, well, who am I now? What, what do I have to offer? And in that time when this was really challenged, it challenged me to go a little deeper and say, but I know the truth of the word. I know what God's word says about me. Then why right now, when each one of these things has shifted or changed or is being challenged, why do I just feel like nothing? Why do I feel so worthless? Why am I craving for something to give me some sense of validation or purpose just to say to me, no, you're, you're still valuable. You still have purpose for your life. Where was that coming from? I realized that a lot of the things that I were thinking were part of my identity were roles that I played or positions that I held or things that I did that I got approval for versus who I am. So it caused me to go a little deeper and really cry out to God and ask him about this. I said, I want to understand why is this being so challenged? And this is what he showed me. He said, Mary, all of those things are external things. Like I said, roles that we play, uh, we look to external things to give us a name so that we're creating an image and other people are looking at this image. They're looking at us. Oh, what does this say about you if a man loves you and wants to marry you? Oh, you're loved. What does this say about you if you, if you present you're attractive and you're pretty um, and your, you, you know, your body image? Oh, your house looks nice. Oh, look at the beautiful meals you make. All of these things that we do, and I think especially I'm just naming things as women. We get very caught up in what our homes look like, what our bodies look like, what, you know, whether we look attractive, all of these things that we want to create an image that we're presenting to the world. We're getting the feedback from that, that's sending us the message that we're valuable and this is feeding into our identity. I also think that it starts very young where we start to build an identity that's based on lies. There's these core beliefs and lies that we kind of live from and everything's getting filtered through that. Excuse me. At a very young age, we sort of build an identity, if you will, based on what's said to us or about us, based on how we're treated. For instance, if someone betrays you, if you've been abandoned, if you've been abused, you end up taking the message, well, then I mustn't be lovable, or I must be unworthy, or something must be flawed inside of me. And it might not even really be a conscious thing, but somewhere that lie gets in and then we start to build an identity from that. And so all of these things that I'm mentioning, whether they're these deep hurtful things that might have happened in any phase of our life that we're believing these lies or whether there are these things that we kind of put on on the outward on ourselves, trying to measure up and compare to prove our worth to people around us. All of these things are external. And that's where I believe where the problem lies is because we are created in his image and yet we actually can spend our life working on our image. Even when we get saved and we say, Jesus, we love you and we wanna do all that we can for you. Can't we even at those times get caught up in, well, 
this one is so gifted, I want to do that. Or I want to do, you know, this idea of I'm doing more for the kingdom or I'm working harder or I'm, I'm praying more or I'm worshiping more. We even get jealous of each other's gifts. We do it even in the church, even amongst other believers, because that's still building our image. But we were created in his image and we were created to glorify his image, represent his image, display his image. And where we get off is when we start get off track is where we start focusing on our image. And God started to speaking to me about Mary. This isn't about you and the image that you create giving you any value or worth. It's about you bearing my image. And when you do that, it takes all that's and this isn't something to be condemned about. <laughs> that's not what I want. It's not a place to be like, oh. I've been making it about me. You're right. I'm too concerned with me. And it's a place of freedom because when we are so concerned about our own image, it is exhausting. It's exhausting out in the world trying to keep up with what everybody else is doing or what they expect from us. And it's exhausting in the church trying to keep up with what we think everybody wants from us or what we think presents a good Christian and the reality is that we can lay that down and we can be free and we can be free to just display his glory. But I think another disconnect is how do you display the glory of someone that you don't delight in and that hasn't that you're just not overwhelmed with his love. And so that called me to another place where I said, "Lord, have I even made my relationship with you about works? Am I delighting in you? Am I doing all of these things that I listed earlier that I think I'm doing for your kingdom? But where's the time in my life where I'm delighting in you, where I'm just falling in love with you? Do I have that time? Have I made that time and have I guarded that time? I think the idea of Sabbath and Sabbath rest is something that many of us have kind of taken out of its place as far as the importance, especially when we, we don't want to be legalistic. But at the same time, it's something of such value because on the day of Sabbath, it's not just about stopping work. When God stopped and rested, he delighted in his creation. It's about delighting in what God has created in and around us, delighting in the people, delighting in the food, delighting in nature, delighting in anything that he's given you and he's created and just delighting in being with him. I think another thing that we need to look at is going back to, well, what keeps us sometimes from truly delighting in him and what keeps us from believing these lies that we kind of hang on to and then everything gets filtered through them. You can't undo, if you will, a lie unless you replace it with truth. The thought is there and you can't just pluck it out without replacing it. And the only way place you're gonna find truth is in the word of God. That is the truth. 
And so if we're not being filled up with the word, not only are we not being filled up with truth to replace all the lies, but it's also keeping us from the place of really delighting in God and who he is, because it's there that we read about his character and his nature. It's there that we fall in love with him and the father's heart that he has for us, that heart that pursues us, that's always drawing us closer to him. And so then that led me to another place. Well, then why? Why is this a struggle for so many where we know what we can get from the word of God? We know the truth is there. We know it's going to draw us closer to him. It's going to replace the lies with truth. It's going to transform our mind and then transform our life. So why is it a struggle? Because I've heard it from a lot of people where they say, well, I just have a hard time reading, or I, I can't get into the Word, or I don't read as much as I should. And I wonder if it's because, and I'm just throwing out some thoughts here. In today's world, especially, I believe, we are so used to such high levels of entertainment. You know, it comes in quick and fast, and it's colorful and lively. And if you're starting out in the Word of God, it might sometimes seem maybe a little boring, maybe a little monotonous until you really start digging in and start to fall in love. And then it becomes something that you're excited about. I liken it to if you're on a diet of junk food and it just tastes so good and you get that instant sugar rush and it's just instant gratification. But when you actually change and you start eating whole and healthy foods, you lose your taste for it. And maybe the other foods take a little longer to prepare and to chop up and to cook right, and you can't just rip open a package and pop it in the microwave. But then overall, you feel a million times better. Your mind is clear. Your body has energy. Before you know it, you're craving that healthy food and the other junk food. I'm not saying that it loses all all of its appeal, maybe entirely, but it definitely starts to pale in comparison because of what's transforming inside of you. So maybe that example won't kind of resonate with everybody, but I do think with some of you that it will. And so I want to wrap up by saying that I think one of the greatest things that we can do for ourselves that's going to help us, I know it's like, well, we started an identity. How did we get over here and just making time for the word of God? And that's because I truly believe that the enemy has us fooled by just thinking that if we're so busy, busy, busy doing all the things, going to all the church things, doing these things to better ourselves, and even studying, do you ever notice that it's easier to hear and listen and read about somebody else's interpretation of the word? We'll read books by people and what they went, and they're good. I've done it. I'm reading some right now. They're great. They bless me. They give insight and understanding. But God wants to you to have those same experiences. He doesn't want you to live off of just other people's experiences or interpretations of the word. He wants you to dig in there yourself. And I do believe there's a place where you, as you start doing that, you'll fall in love with it you'll start to crave it. You'll start to fill your mind and your heart with so much truth that it starts to drive out the lies. You'll start to fall so much in love with this God. You'll start to delight in him as you make time to rest and just enjoy him. And as you do, then I think the truth of who you are, that you were 
created to bear his image will start to kind of take over, if you will, the lies and tear down the lies and get you off of the mindset of working on your own image and what your image displays to the world and focus. If you really think about it, when we're focusing on our own image, it comes down to kind of creating a, a little idol out of ourself. And we want to take the attention off of us and put it onto God. And as we do that, I believe the truth of identity goes from this intellectual head knowledge down into the heart, down into the soul, down into the believing and, and into the mind. And it's got to get into the mind. It's why we've got to be in the truth of the word. It's got to get into the mind because from that place comes our thoughts. From the thoughts comes our emotions. From emotions come behavior. This is what people are seeing on the outside. If we need to be the, the fingerprints, the thumbprint, whatever you call it, of God throughout the world that is drawing people to him, that is displaying his glory, then we actually have to be bearing his image in a very tangible and practical way. So I just encourage you today to go back to the word, understand and know the truth that you were created in his image, that you were created on purpose for a purpose, and that it will never, ever be found in anything external. How anyone else sees you, because you know what? We can do a lot of things to please a lot of people, and at the end of the day, we just never will. <laughs> so when we stead, instead take our eyes off of that, put them onto God, and how can we bear his image, I'm telling you, things will shift and things will change. And you will realize everything else is personality. Everything else is roles or titles. And they can shift and they can change and they can come and they can go. But it doesn't change who you are. So you will not be shaken. You will not be shaken when you know who you are and you walk in that. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this blessed you today, and I will look forward to sharing again on another topic.